baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I'm a flag-waving patriotic Nephew of my Uncle Sam, a rough-riding, fighting Yankee man. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group and Companies. I want to remind you, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com or download the Odyssey app. You can listen live or podcast of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay up to date with all the show updates. We're very pleased now to be joined by Senator Dr. Roger Marshall. Doc, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you for joining us again, my friend. John, it's great to hear your voice, and boy, do we got a loaded show for people. It's been just a, <laughs> just an incredible couple weeks in my life, and and I just am so grateful to share some of these experiences of the past couple of weeks with Kansas. Yeah, you you just returned from a trip to Germany and the Polish border. Tell us a little bit about what you saw while you were there. Yeah, John, we went over with a group of 10 senators, bipartisan, um, stopped in Germany, but probably more importantly was the, the uh, Poland-Ukrainian border area. And, John, I, I would share this. We saw the worst of mankind, but we also saw the best of humankind. And I want to talk about the positive first. What the Polish people are doing just warms your heart. They have welcomed over a million refugees, and we visited one of the, I'm going to call it a welcome center. You know, it really was a refugee camp, but they turned it into a, this huge mall into a welcome center, gave people food, clothing, cots, and spiritual help, mental health, uh, dentists and, and doctors and nurses, everything that you could think of, they were helping these folks. Uh, half of the Polish families have taken a refugee into their own personal homes. And then beyond that, the Polish uh, government, the people of Poland, have opened up their train system to help get people uh, anywhere that, that the train would reach all across Europe and for some people buying plane tickets as well. So that's just absolutely uh, just what's worn my heart. You know that I've done medical mission work across the world, yeah. and I've, I've never seen such a 
just an outpouring of, of hope and love. But just so they were so efficient. Most people spent less than three days there at the center. I'm just uh, so so honored to be uh, to be able to witness that firsthand. I saw an interview earlier this week that you did with I think it was Newsmax where you said that you felt the Ukrainians could actually win this war. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think it would take for that to happen? Yeah, John, well, it's going to take our president to get off his hands, and I'm being nice. Um, <laughs> we, we've been we've – been, his decisions are just always a month or three late. Uh, we didn't have to be here, and but I'll, we'll come, come back to that later. I, I do have hope. I do think it's possible – that Ukrainians could push Russians out of their, their land. Uh, they're pretty much pushing them to a stalemate on the ground, but they're just getting the heck bombed out of them. And we should come back to that and talk about just the horrors of that of the bombing. But if we could get the bombing to stop or be able to neutralize the missiles, so they didn't need missile interceptors. They need more military aid from the United States. The people that we talked to that live in Ukraine that came over to see us, and these are their members of Congress and other diplomats, said they had seen minimal weapons from the United States yet, a month into this, and minimal weapons. So they have to be armed and continuously supplied. Uh, we've been training in that Ukrainian army with U.S. military folks for years now, and they're doing a heck of a job. You know, it just seems like, and, and I know the, the anatomical part you were referring to, it does seem like he is sort of feckless in this. I mean, I just saw the interview, the rather the speech the president gave earlier this week, where he said that you know sanctions are not intended to deter, and yet for two months that's all they were talking about was sanctions that were intended to deter. I talk about leading from behind. It just it makes no sense to me, and I just don't know. What more we can expect out of this administration? Right. You know, I'm so disappointed in the president's uh, comments after the NATO reunion there with some 30 people. He had the chance to come out guns blazing and saying, we're going to stand behind the Ukrainian people. But instead, what I'm being told on the ground is that the White House, the Pentagon, is actually thwarting efforts to get aid, military aid, into Ukraine. They're slow-walking everything. And now they're quietly telling the Ukrainian people, hey, just give up. It's hopeless. You know, you can't win this. These folks have been fighting for freedom for decades from, from those Russian communist uh, suppressors. I'm, and, again, I'm so emotional about this, having met uh, and just understand the Ukrainian war that they've had. They've tasted freedom. You know, their parents, their grandparents grew up under the, the evil hand of the Soviet empire. They've tasted freedom. And now they're having it taken away from them. But this president gave up our strategic advantage the moment he walked into office. He made us strategically uh, dependent upon Russia energy-wise. And, of course, Europe's always been strategically dependent upon Europe energy-wise. Uh, just totally gave up every strategic advantage. And instead of forearming the, the, the uh, Ukrainians, he waited till the bombs went off. Like, oh, my gosh, what a surprise. We had the intelligence that knew that this was coming. Uh, so he slow-walked this from the beginning, and he's continuing to slow-walk it. It's horribly disappointing, and just a shake in his voice. There's just no confidence, no leadership coming out of his voice. Doc, you know, a lot of people speculate on this. Do you think Russia does this if Donald Trump is president? Hell no. There's no way. I mean, Donald Trump was such a wild card. 
He didn't know what he was going to do, but you knew it was going to be big, and he wasn't going to tolerate this nonsense. So, you, so, you know, this, the guy that we're dealing with in Russia, um, what, what can we say about him? He's a psychotic bully. And the only way you deal with bullies is stand up to him. Think about even, let's go back to John F. Kennedy, the Cuban Missile Crisis. How did he deal with Russia, the Soviet Union then? He stood up to them and said, get these missiles out of this hemisphere, or there will be war, World you know, three at the time as well. So you have to deal with the bully through strength. Uh, peace through strength, that's the message. Everyone's crediting Reagan with the peace through strength theory. Actually goes back to President Eisenhower. He's the first one that spoke about it. And then President Trump, by his actions, a bully only understands actions. They don't understand words. And for what, what Trump did when he uh, took out some terrorists, well, why the Chinese leader uh, was sitting at the dinner table, I think will go down in the annals of history. Yeah, you're right. And, I mean, Joe Biden wouldn't even take a hard line when asked about Russia's possible use of chemical weapons. So it, 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 you're right. It, it, it's that lack of leadership the indecision that I think shows how weak he is. We're, we're talking with Senator Roger Marshall. Doc, switching to some domestic policy concerns, the president this week warned of food shortages in America. Is the White House doing anything? I mean, we've got supply chain issues, inflation, gas prices, playing chicken a little. Uh, we're not seeing much of anything out of the White House to help with any of this stuff. Yeah, John, this is another crisis created by Joe Biden. He create, he's creating this food shortage uh, right now, and we've been preaching this message for months. So first of all, we've, we have increased cost of fuel and increased cost of fertilizers, and those increases are all on the back of Joe Biden. So we can't get our crops in the ground. We can't get the fertilizer in the, in the ground uh, right now to grow better crops. So it's going to lead to decreased production. Uh, the nitrogen-based fertilizer, which wheat is so just dependent on, has quadrupled because of the price of natural gas. And the price of natural gas has increased because of Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden has disrupted supply chains. Uh, so much of the supplies of, of the other fertilizers we import, some from Russia, some from Belarus, Ukraine. Joe Biden's created all of this. And the United States, it, we're, we're going to have food. It's going to be expensive. But the rest of the world... Uh, there'll be critical food, uh, food shortages for the next two or three years unless Joe Biden changes his policies. The uh, the other main news story, obviously, that's dominated certainly the latter part of the week was uh, the confirmation hearings. Your office announced on Friday that you were going to vote against the confirmation of Judge Jackson. I, I fully support that decision, by the way. Can you tell us w why you came to that decision? Yeah. So, John, you, you, this is a very thoughtful decision. I, I did my best to, to listen to all the all, all the stories out there and, and reinvestigate the situation. We're like, we just voted against this judge a year ago, and now we had a second bite at the apple. So getting to the quick of it, one, she's weak on crime, and number two, she's a leftist political activist. You wait and see, mark my word, when it's all said and done, she'll be the most left Supreme Court justice we've ever had. You know, basically, she wants to be a senator. She will empower the White House. Whenever there's a Democrat president in the White House, she will empower the White empower the White House. If you have a Republican like 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 Donald Trump, she's going to do everything she can to thwart him. 
And I think if, if we've got the time, we need to break down both her soft on crime as well as her political activism. Yeah, the activism part is what I think really her – that's what scares me about her. I, the soft on crime is pretty obvious in her sentencing. But the fact that she – we all know that she knows how to define a woman. The fact that she wouldn't it just belies her, her true left agenda and the way she views policy, in my opinion. Doc, you know, I'm glad you brought that up. She really does have, I mean, set aside the fact that she can't identify or, you know, won't define what a woman is, she really does have a horrendous record of soft on crime uh, sentencing, right? Yes, John, and it goes way beyond that. But I want you just to think about the policy and the culture of this White House and who this woke mob is. So first of all, they wanted to defund the police. They're allowing riots. They're allowing looting. And they, that's not polling very well. Guess what? Americans no, don't yeah. like that. So, so now what they're going to do is they're going to try to impact this through the, uh, through the judicial system. And I, I want Americans to go back and just see how soft on crime Judge Brown truly is. Everyone's talking about the pornography. We can come back to that. I think it's been well publicized. But I want America to recall that this is the judge that took down President Trump trying to expedite the removal of illegal aliens. Yeah. So she was – somebody sued President Trump over that. She's the judge that said President Trump could not do that. And then she was overruled later on as well. So she's soft on uh, illegal immigrants, and then she's also soft on on war criminals. So this is the judge – that helped get released some of the war criminals from Guantanamo Bay, and now now those folks have significant leadership uh, in terrorist organizations. And then the child pornography. Don't let the woke mob and the left media fool you. What they're going to say is, oh, her sentencing was in line with all the other federal judges. Well, first of all, two wrongs don't make a right. All the yeah. federal judges need to slam the door on this pornography business, on child pornography it leads to some horrible, horrible situations. I had no idea how bad the human trafficking is uh, in this country, and I think the child porn people are big are this part of that circuit. And then, and the last part about her sentencing, it wasn't just that she's at the at the lower than normal standards, uh, the guidelines, but she's also below what the prosecutors are asking for. So she was like two standard deviations below these other federal judges uh, as well. She is weak. On crime, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right, Doc. Yeah, so this she's also very woke. I, I just don't know yeah. what other, other adjective or verb to describe it. The fact that she can't describe uh, what a woman is, I think that's just a reflection of her of her uh, being so woke. And then and then you know the other question is, can a 20 week uh, baby feel pain? A 20 week baby that's not been born yet feel pain. And I think that's well-established science by now, <laughs> that really at 15 weeks a baby can feel pain. And for her just to punt on that, I think, is just a, uh, how little she credits, values uh, the sanctity of life as well. So she's very woke, uh, a political activist. Woke is a great way of putting it. Um, I know you're on the road. We've got to let you run here, but I've got a couple more. I, I thought you tweeted out something last week. That caught my attention. By the way, I, I love your Twitter feed. I follow it. It's at Roger Marshall MD. But you shared that Democrats' claims that they're rolling back COVID mandates and requirements 
yet they continue to vote to keep them in place and prevent Americans from returning to normal. I, I thought this was under control. If that's the case, why are they clinging to power? Right. So, you know, John, again, the hypocrisy here. So evidently the pandemic is, is over at the border, but yeah. not, on air, not on airplanes yet, right? So they're going to drop the, the, the pandemic health issue so that they can uh, get more people to cross our border illegally, not make them go back. But you and I have to still wear masks on the airplanes. Uh, the, the, the science just does not support the decision already. Anthony Fauci out there saying another variant's coming. It will indeed, of course, another variant coming. There's another flu season coming. There's another round of cold coming. This particular variant, it spreads more easily than the Omicron, but it uh, evidently has less uh, it, it, morbidity. It doesn't make people as sick. Uh, listen, we need targeted therapeutics to help those people that are vulnerable. But the good news is 95% of us have some level of immunity uh, to the different COVID viruses coming. Uh, Anthony Fauci just can't stay out of the limelight. He can't let go of the power. He wants to be a king. Yeah, it, it's sad. I'm glad you mentioned the domestic flight issue. I saw the CEOs, 10 airline CEOs that have called on the White House to drop the mandate. I also saw the photo of your colleague, Senator Warnock, who wasn't wearing a mask on a flight, despite the fact that he voted against the effort to repeal it. So, you know, again, it's do as we say, not as we do. Right. This is a hypocrisy. It is it is a uh, a law that's or a rules that are impossible to enforce. I mean, kids don't wear their mask right. You, I don't wear the mask right. Uh, what good does it do for us to wear the mask but take it off for 15 minutes to eat or to go out or go to the restroom? You know, where the kids go when they, you know, you know what they do in, in grade school. I don't know about your guys, but we go to the restroom. It was pretty much. Uh, um, a little pushing and shoving going on in there, and you go to got you go play soccer in the gym. Anyway, it's it's just a it's a fallacy. It it doesn't work. It's theater. It it really is. Well, Doc, I I, I really appreciate you yeah. joining us this evening. It, it's always a pleasure. If folks want to get in touch with you, I, I think the best way probably is marshall.senate.gov. And again, your Twitter feed is at Roger Marshall MD. Correct. You got it, John. Marshall.senate.gov. Uh, is a great way, and folks can, no matter what their their concern, their question, their problem is, we get thousands of people reaching out to us every month. We uh, try to get back to with everyone within a week. We don't always have the answer to your question. We haven't solved your problem, but I can tell you, we keep track of those phone calls and the texts and the emails, and we'll keep doing that. Uh, Doc, I appreciate you as always. Uh, you're back home, and uh, drive carefully, sir. Carry on the fight, my friend. John, thanks for having me be taking your calls at 8:45, but coming up after the break jonathan butcher from the heritage foundation will join us to discuss why their organization praised the passage of the parents bill of rights in the kansas senate earlier this week you're listening to the john whitmer show on 98.7 and 1330 knss wichita's number one talk 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.